You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you listening in today. And as most of you know, this is David's Pick. And uh, what does David's Pick mean? Well, it means that we've got a veteran on. And today we have Sammy Lewis Robinson on. And uh, he's a Vietnam veteran. And uh, before we get started... We are starting something else here at the radio station, and uh, as it comes together, we ask that you uh, go to our website and take a look at it. And this is, I found out that, to my knowledge, there's no, uh, gee, there's no uh, prayer line for veterans any place in the nation, and so... Being whatever I am, I decided to uh, we would start a prayer line for veterans, and if uh, it's going to be developing, and you can keep track of it on our on our uh, homepage, on our website, AmericasWebRadio.com. And if you have, if you are a veteran, or you have a friend that's a veteran that needs prayer, and um, what we will do is like I'm about to do right now is that my best friend and and uh, roommate in college J. Roy Ritchie is uh, in uh, critical condition in ICU in San Angelo, Texas as a matter of fact and uh, he's had much of his tongue removed because of a cancerous tumor and now the cancer is spread into his brain and uh, this is because of Agent Orange and he's suffered with it now for the last, well, 15, 20 years, I guess. And uh, I pray for him every day. And it, uh, and I ask all the veterans that are listening that as we take a moment right now that you keep him in your thoughts and all the other veterans that are suffering from being in and taking care of our country, be it Agent Orange or now we've got a real problem with the uh, burn pits in the Middle East. I didn't even know anything about them until we were talking to uh, one of our uh, Middle East veterans from uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm. So that's we're going to be facing that very shortly. And uh, so we'll just take a moment and uh, think about our brothers and sisters that are suffering in some way or need our thoughts and our prayers. It doesn't matter how they're suffering, just that they need attention, and we're going to give them that attention. So we'll be back with Sammy in just about a minute. Thank you. Good morning, Sammy. How you doing? Oh, good morning, David. I'm doing fantastic, and thank you so much for having me on this morning. Oh, well, it's our pleasure, and um, I was looking forward to this. And that you know, we've we've done we've gone this route one time before, but it's always fun to have people back that uh, have said they might enjoy it. So I'm going to do the other <laughs> thing that we always do starting here, and not only a few seconds of it, but 
I love these things, and we just got to play a little bit of one. Okay, we all recognize those as Jody's, and uh, I don't know about you, Sammy, but for me, they were extremely important, uh, getting me over the hump many times. I was uh, infantry, and... uh, you know, when when they do those force marches or double time, and, uh, you know, you had that last mile to go, and the drill sergeant or lieutenant, your platoon lieutenant or leader would start up a uh, Jody, and you just put, sort of put a little, or I would anyway, put a little smile on my face and make the last mile or mile and a half or whatever it was. But... Um, the Army has it right. They know what will get you through and help you get through. And uh, even just thinking about the Jodies uh, back many years ago. So anyway, let me explain something to folks. Uh, Sammy Lewis Robinson was the 34th inductee into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. And uh, this is because of the hard work that he did. He's a Vietnam veteran, and, you know, he never stopped taking care of his buddies back after he got out, and uh, has gone on to do so many other things in uh, Tallapoosa, Harrison County, uh, Georgia, and uh, Sammy, again, welcome to the show, and we're so happy to have you back and, and talking about what you do and what you've done in Harrison County and uh, what you've done as a veteran. And as I mentioned to you before we started the show, I have I have never done this to a someone I'm interviewing, but I decided this needed to come out, and I hope... Uh, Rick White will appreciate it, but and Paul Langer, um what did it mean to you to be to be asked if you would uh, be inducted into the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame? What did it mean to you? Uh, the honor that it means, as well as what did it mean to your family? Well, first of all, let me uh, again thank you for having me on, and secondly. Thank you for starting a prayer line for vets. I think that is it's 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 outstanding. Uh, I never start a program or do a talk without uh, having prayer. I don't care if it's in the schools or where it's at. And I really appreciate you starting this. Um, what it uh, meant to me, uh, it's it was it was a sh- actually a shock to me. I did not know about the program. Um, until uh, I began to get a couple of phone calls uh, about um, uh, the Georgia Military Hall of Fame, and I just uh, and then to find out that I was nominated and had been accepted, uh, it was a great honor. 
uh, I, I think it's one of the uh, greatest honors that I have ever received. Uh, this is a jam up organization, and to our family, uh, it was uh, it was fantastic. Uh, we talk about it a great deal. I talk about it, and uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm very involved in. Uh, uh, veterans, Veterans Affairs, uh, I've been an advocate for veterans for 30 years, and uh, uh, this comes up quite often about the Military Hall of Fame and um, uh, those that have been inducted, and, um, you know, we have several from uh, around this area, but I just can't say uh, enough about it. Uh, of course, you know, you wonder, you know, how did, um, how was you chosen, why were you chosen, and do you deserve it? Uh, that sort of thing. I thought maybe, you know, uh, a lot of other people maybe deserved it more than I did. But I tell you, it's it's great, and uh, I think about it often. And I thank you for asking. Well, you know, um, I, I and this is one reason we're pushing it. I, I'm going to be pushing it more on on uh, my social media, but. Uh, I never heard of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame until, well, about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. And I want, I'm going to repeat this a couple of times, but the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame is in the, uh, right across the street from the Capitol. And, um, oh, gee, I just went black. I can't think of the, uh, the building that it's twin, in. Yeah, Twin Towers, if you will. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. um, the sla- sloppy it, the sloppy Floyd building, the Floyd there building. There you go. Right. And uh, it's right across the street from the Capitol, and uh, it I've I've toured it once, and uh, plan on going back down. And I, it's just absolutely fantastic. And all of these, all of the pictures on the wall, all of the information that's there. You know, in, in the in the military, we we call each other brother and sisters. And in the in the Floyd Building, where the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame is, and you're reading these things, these are fellow Georgians, brothers and sisters of Georgia, and uh, it just it will inspire you. They we've had representatives in every war and uh, the ones that have honored themselves by you know I, I guess would this be a fair statement Sammy above and beyond the call of duty absolutely absolutely there uh, you you just need to make a trip and go there and and read um, underneath their photographs that, that what happened to these guys and where they were and what they did uh, it's amazing um, even here in Harrison County we have uh, I think there's three besides myself there uh, one is uh, uh, Colonel Wayne Waddell shot down over North Vietnam hell for six uh, plus years as a POW right and we've uh, had him on and you can hear his story if you go to uh, our website and uh, yeah. David's pick and you can scroll down and and listen to his story, which is incredible. Oh, absolutely! You have, you know, we have a couple more. Ray McKibben, uh, Medal of Honor recipient, uh, 
uh, from this county uh, was killed there, Paul Cheatwood. Uh, you know, it, you can go on and on in there from everywhere. And th- this is <clears throat> for Mr. White and the others that was involved in this to uh, think about this and the hard work that they put in and many others that we don't even know um, that has put their time and effort and money takes money to uh, to keep this going and uh but to honor our veterans it's it's, it's unbelievable and uh you know you just you just hope you live up to uh what they honored you for and uh so i think it's fantastic it's just great so people need to take a moment and uh and go by and visit and, and look at this um you know i was fortunate enough um uh, when this happened to me and I went to the uh, uh, dedication, I did not know what I had. Uh, I had five uh, Vietnam buddies scattered all over the United States. One of them was my captain from uh, Washington, D.C., who was a medical doctor at Walter Reed. I had no idea that they had all got together. Didn't even know they knew about this. And they all came from all over the United States uh, to be there the night uh, that I was inducted. Uh, that was a shock for me to turn around. Mm. And there was uh, uh, there was five of my Vietnam buddies plus my captain. That, there was a captain at that point. It's not now, but I was a high-ranking officer. Uh, to see that they had came in from all over the United States to be there. Uh, it was amazing, and it's something that you'll never forget. Well, it uh, sort of puts the line of exclamation marks behind your name, Sammy, for guys to do that, and it emphasizes how important you were to them in Vietnam and what a small thing it is to do for you to show you how much they appreciated you and the world should appreciate you and certainly Georgia appreciates you for your sacrifice and let me ask you when you went to Nam, were you married? Uh, I had uh, yes to answer that yes I uh, uh, I had dated this girl she's the only girl I ever dated and uh, tried to get her to marry me during high school and she refused uh, because she says you're going to finish high school, then we'll t- discuss it. Uh, two weeks out of uh, high school, I was drafted, and uh, then of course went into basic training in in 1966. And that year, uh, December, we got married. Well, wow. so yes, I was married about four months before I went to Vietnam. Well, we there there are two things. I don't know if you remember the other one, but there are two things that. I like to say on this show every time, one is that not only, and it's as true today as it was in 64, 65, 66, whatever, is that a person, be it male or female, doesn't deploy by himself. His family deploys with him in one way or the other. And it's certainly, because of the electronic age today, it's different than it was in Nam. But 
you know, it's still the family. It's not just the sacrifice of the service person. It's the sacrifice that the family, and that can go down to children that sacrifice either their parents or their grandparents or aunt and uncle or something. And uh, it's a whole family thing, and I honor and respect every family that's gone through it, whether it was in the Revolution or the Civil War or any war. Um, Vietnam, certainly, uh, and the Middle East, certainly. And, well, it is. It, it, it's a family thing. You, you, you're not there by yourself. Um, they're not with you, but they're fighting that battle uh, just like you are. Oh. They worry about you every day. Uh, I was I was fortunate uh, um, over many. Uh, my wife wrote me a letter every day. Now, I didn't get the letter every day, but they caught up with me. Sure. She wrote me 365 letters. Wow. Um, so they're right there with you, and um, and 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 they're they're with you. You can't you can't make it successfully without your family. Um, so they they were my wife was with me all the way through. We had no children, and um, uh, my mom and dad and um, they were on up into age. But uh, you know it's 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 uh, easier to to make these things. Uh, uh, and although you worry uh, if your family's with you, and and that's what has happened with my family. Uh, my wife, for all of these uh, uh, 50-some-odd years, uh, when I come back from Vietnam and saw that there wasn't anything here to honor our veterans, and and I run around for about uh, 15 years trying to figure out what to do, and uh, one day she said, Sam, she said, uh, you need to stop this and get to work. And I said, what do you mean? She said, we've well, been running around 15 years trying to figure out how to build a veteran memorial park here. And she said, it's time you built it. And I said, well, I can't do it without you. And she said, I am with you, so let's go. And she's been with me in all decisions made uh, concerning our veterans and the parks that we've built and other things and, and, and right there every day. And so, you know, you got to have family with you or you're, you're not going to be successful with it. I... Uh... I appreciate more than you know what you just said. Uh, I'll explain that sometime. Uh, but anyway, uh, that that is fantastic. And uh, explain what you got there in, in Harrelson County. Well, uh, as I said, when I came back from Vietnam, there wasn't anything to honor our veterans. I had lost uh, a schoolmate. Matter of fact, he was in my wedding. We went in to get the Marines out of Quezon. He was killed there. I didn't know it for several weeks later. I got a letter from home. Actually, he was in my unit, and I didn't know it. First Star Cal was a big unit. And uh, so I didn't want him to be forgotten, just a name, just a number. So that's what got me interested in doing this. And so uh, in 1992, I got about eight or ten old boys together and said, we're going to build a park. If you want to be part of it, okay. If you don't, just don't get in our way. And we had a meeting, and they said, well, how much money we got? And I reached in my pocket and pulled out $12.87. <laughs> and I said, well, we got $12.87. How are you going to build what you've got grown here on that? And I said, well, people's going to give it. And they did. 
the park that we have here is probably valued a little better than $2 million. Every bit of that has been donated by individuals, no state or federal funds, fundraisers. And so it's to honor our veterans from all of our wars. It is a fantastic place to see. And uh, I didn't build it myself. We built it with hundreds of other people. And uh, we built it with their money. And uh, so we took on a second project, which is about a mile from downtown. We have uh, F-105 aircrafts, uh, tanks, helicopters, artillery pieces, all of this on another place called Helton Highland Park. And it's an outside museum. And we did it the same way. And uh, we maintain it. Uh, we have a couple of fundraisers a year. It takes money to to uh, do this. Uh, uh, we have no input or no money from cities or anything like that. We have to do the fundraisers ourselves. But we're also looking, uh, probably going to tackle one of the biggest projects set uh, up to date, and that is to build a 100 by 125-foot building, uh, which will be known as the West Georgia Military Museum and Educational Center. Uh, it's going to be a big building, cost about two hundred thousand. And uh, as before, we start with no money, and uh, people it, it will uh, people will donate. We have everything we need to fill it up from seventeen seventy six up until today. Sammy, uh, how, how do people donate? They can uh, send to the Harrelson County Veterans Association. Um, 71 Riverside Drive, Tallapoosa, Georgia. And uh, You don't want to repeat that because I bet everybody didn't have a pen and paper oh, ready. Well, <laughs> that's correct. It's Harrelson County Veterans Association. And uh, they send it to 71 Riverside Drive, Tallapoosa, Georgia. If you want to go on our website, it's uh, we have a website. It's uh, Harrelson County Veterans Association dot org, and you will see when it comes up, it'll have it says video. If you punch that and go into the the video, there is an eight minute flyover of uh, this particular part with the military equipment, uh, showing you the F one hundred fives that's there and other equipment and explaining how we got it and what we're doing and, and this type of thing. So uh, uh, we're excited about uh, about uh, this museum. And, uh, you know, we are a huge tax deductible. Uh, we're 501C31, uh, 19, and you'll look at that 19. Some folks say, well, what does that mean? Well, that just the 19 means that you're a veterans group. It distinguishes you as a veterans group. But it's all tax deductible. That's super. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, but uh, you know, we and uh, we just stay busy all the time. We uh, we work uh, six, seven days a week uh, on our veterans projects. And uh, this year, I uh, we've come up with the idea of uh, you know it's a reefs across America. You see them, put them out on Arlington and this type of thing. We have eighty something. Uh, soldiers, veterans from Harrison County that's been killed from this county from World War One up until today. And we are taking crosses, and we're going to put them in our Veterans Park 
and we're going to put one of those wreaths on each one of them for the Christmas. You know, you're so. you're saying Houston, which I would say Houston, correct? Um, but uh, well, it's Harrelson. Harrelson. R A L S O N. Okay, well that's what I had, but I was hearing you say Houston. Yeah, it's it's um, Harrelson. Harrelson Harrelson County. Yes. And uh, Tallapoosa is whereabouts in Georgia exactly is Tallapoosa? It's it's located sixty miles west of Atlanta. Okay. Uh, right off the, the uh, interstate I twenty. Mm-hmm. Right on the Georgia Alabama line. Gotcha. And, uh, it's a little small town, and uh, uh, it's uh, this county is is full of veterans. Now, let me and, ask uh, if if you. Uh, what does it cost to go through the uh, the park? Is it a walking uh, experience? It is. Or? It is. Cost you nothing. Okay. The gates are open. Of course, there's a couple of donation boxes there if you want to. Um, you know, on the weekend, there's some of us working at either one or both of those parks every weekend, and so uh, be glad to give out my, my phone number if anybody's interested in coming. We will meet them and give them a tour. And uh, that would be great. But we have people come here from all over the United States, believe it. Uh, they find us on the website, and they see these things, and uh, uh, they come to, to, to view them. My, my question is, um, uh, who, I, I'd like to meet the pilot that landed that uh, Phantom. Well, um <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, someone asked me how we got those planes here. We we went to uh, uh, Houston uh, or at Lackland Air Force. Oh, not Lackland. Get it right in a minute. Uh, anyway, they came out of Texas. Texas, we took them apart. And someone asked me, said, how did you how did you get those planes here? And I said, well, you know, in World War II, they had um, uh, what they called... Um, uh, glider planes and i said when we left out there they uh big uh, air force guy hooked to us and pulled us up and we we glided all the way into about 40 miles from here and uh, they were supposed to turn me loose so i could land this thing but they forgot and we got about 15 miles in into our location before they dropped the tow line and I had to circle the city about twice, and I came in, hit a lake, <laughs> bounced me up between two trees, knocked the wings off of them, and this is where they lay. This lady said, oh, my God, son. He said, did anybody get hurt? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get hurt. So I had to tell her I'd just pull in her leg, you know. <laughs> but we took those things apart and uh, brought them in and reassembled them with all volunteer help. So. You know, Sammy, we need to uh, take a break, and the break we're going to take is in honor of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. It is fantastic, outstanding, and everybody should go to it and take a look at it and honor all of the veterans that have kept our country free for so many years. And I also want to mention the fact that if you're a graduating senior, high school senior, and our grandparents are listening, our parents are listening, the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame has a scholarship fund, and they give five scholarships uh, each year. 
to the deserving student. And one of the qualifications is a student has to have been in junior ROTC and planning on and wanting to go into the military and go to college and be in ROTC in college and then uh, come out and become a second lieutenant in whatever branch that you want. And one of the things that Rick and I have talked about so, so many times, Rick White, who's the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame, and let me tell you something. If you go through life and you don't meet Rick White, then I'm sorry, but you've missed a portion of life. He is one of the most outstanding men I think I've ever met. But anyway, the military is fantastic today. And if you're a graduating senior and don't know what you're going to do, be it, a, be it high school or college, and you don't, haven't decided exactly what you want to do, I can guarantee you that some branch of the military has exactly what you're looking for. Uh, up and down the line, you can go from electronics to JAG to this to that, anything. And... Um, they have it, and uh, if you're a senior in high school, you ought to be checking into it. If you're a junior in college, sophomore, junior in college, you should be checking into the military. It's a great occupation. I've got a young son that's a major in the Air Force now. He graduated from Texas A&M and uh, went through ROTC and uh, loves it. And I'm so very proud of him. He is a fantastic leader. And this is what Rick wanted me to stress, too, is with this scholarship fund is the fact that what what they're doing is that they're giving young people an opportunity to become leaders. And if you got the right stuff, I can assure you, and Sammy, I hope you'll back me up on this, I can assure you, that the military, if you've got the leadership qualities, the military will bring them out, and it'll be the most rewarding experience you ever have in life. And uh, the friends that you make, the people that you meet, they're outstanding. They're the best of the best because they've raised their hand for their country to protect and defend, and they've always come through and uh, Sammy and I were talking about it earlier I I have not interviewed a person veteran that if called upon at any age if they were called upon to serve again they would be jumping on the truck jumping in the bus and that is absolutely correct, and and, and I just uh, wish that back in my day we had the junior ROTC, but there wasn't. There wasn't anything like that. We have one in our school system here, and uh, it prepares you. Uh, it's just a fantastic program. Um, but, you know, uh, the new program that uh, uh, that they're putting in, place here you know you, they need money they need uh donations and this type of thing uh for the military hall of fame scholarship program so you know if, if anyone uh, wants to give why then uh, uh you know go on the website and uh and uh, and, and give to this program and they're also um, in need of 
nominations each year. You can nominate a person, uh, you know, to be placed in the Military Hall of Fame and uh, and this type of thing. But the scholarship program is a fantastic program. It's new, and I'm glad to see that they're uh, they're uh, working hard on this program, and they need everyone's support out there. And, uh, you know, it's a good place to... Um Say a little prayer for him too, because they're they are holding the most, in, in my opinion, the most valuable thing that we have in life, and that's history. And, Absolutely. You know, we. I, I'm ashamed of our our situation today. That uh, so many times history has either been changed, which I don't buy, or is just not presented to our kids like it should be and yet the georgia military veterans hall of fame is is history and you see the picture of the person you read the write-up about what this person did and you just you know i stood there and i didn't want to make a total fool of myself but in many cases, I just felt like one step backwards and a hand salute. Yes, sir. Yes, does, sir. does that make sense? It certainly does. It certainly does. We, um, uh, you know, you talk about um, some of these guys and Ray McKibben, the Medal of Honor I spoke of a few minutes ago. His his entire family is gone. No one to take care of his graveside, and we took that on as a project. We keep his grave site uh, uh, clean and up to date, and uh, and and you you can't you can't again. This is history. You can't uh, do it. Forget it. But that is another reason that we're building this museum and an educational center. We're going to educate people about uh, our past and our present and our future uh, uh, with our military. So you, you've got to stay on top of this. Or uh, it'll get away from you. And our school system. I'm sorry. Uh, does not do that. No. And this is uh, every every person that listens to this broadcast, whether in archive, whether they're listening right now or they listen to it two years from now, should be on top of, if you have kids in school, look at their history book and make sure that everything, the you know, giving two pages to... World War Two or three pages to World War Two is deplorable, and it, it is. I've gone to our school system and pulled the books and looked at them, and uh, it's it's a shame to see what uh, uh, is not in there. See, uh, is not in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when the when the kids graduate, uh, well, I didn't know that. You try to explain to them uh, something about what well, I didn't know that uh, they didn't teach that to us in school. So it's up to the parents to to see that uh, these things are in the history books. Reject those books that uh, uh, does not teach us about who we are and uh, uh, what this nation is all about. And it is a shame. You know, one other thing that I get on my podium or get on my soapbox about is that every veteran that listens to this program, I don't care how old you are, but grab your grandkids, grab your your son or your daughter, and tell them about your service. We can't yeah. let those those moments. They are so valuable. 
We can't let those be forgotten. No matter where you were, what you did, it doesn't... Uh, Rick and uh, a lot of the other friends from the Hall of Fame and, and other veterans have been so kind to me because I didn't do that much. I didn't really do anything. I was in the reserves and the guard and the and the, and the Ameri- and the Army Reserve. But you know, you still need to grab your kids and tell them what you did. You don't have to tell them the gory stuff of Vietnam or the gory stuff of the Middle East, but tell them that you served and tell them what it means to you to raise your hand and the words protect and defend our Constitution against foreign and domestic enemies. And what does that mean? Explain it to them. And explain how great our Constitution is. I, you know, I, I see kids today that have no idea what's even in the Constitution. And oh, they, no. None whatsoever. They do not. But you touched on something there uh, that you just served, I think you said, in reserves or whatever. Well, let me tell you something. I look at every person that's put that uniform on. There's no difference. I don't care where he or she served. I don't care what branch they served in. I don't care if they went to a war or did not. They all served. And and, and during the Vietnam era, or the Vietnam War, if you will, uh, it took eight non-combat soldiers to keep one of these guys in the field. So if you were not there doing your job, wherever it may be, then the 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 uh, uh, guy in the field could not uh, operate. It took them all, took every one up. And I used to hear people talk about, well, I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a Vietnam veteran. I got to noticing when I would ask for veterans to stand, they wouldn't stand. And I said afterward, I said, what did, what do you, why didn't you stand? Well, I wasn't in Vietnam. I said, Mister, it doesn't matter. You were in service between this date and that date and that's when that war was and you are a Vietnam veteran and since then the government has classified that so if I'm not mistaken it's from 59 to 75 you're considered a Vietnam veteran were you one or not uh, and uh, as far as I'm concerned that's the way it ought to be you wore the uniform and you were supporting what others were doing so you know Thank my you. opinion of it well uh, you know and, and I appreciate the uh, well, it's one of the reasons we're doing this show, and uh, uh, so many things have changed, and we have to keep our history alive. And the, when I see one of Waters World on Fox, and he's doing the kid on the street thing, uh, college campus, and asking who's this picture of, and they can't even recognize George Washington. And mm-hmm. then somebody will really slap me upside the head and say that, you know, only 1% of our population ever serves now. And mm-hmm. that's, Absolutely. that to me is just <laughs> sickening. That Well, if I had my way, and I don't, every person would serve two years either in the military, and if they could not serve two years in the military, they would do two years of community service some way or the other. My belief is that if you can't give two years of your life to your country, then you need to find you another one to live in. 
that is my absolutely belief. Um, uh, doesn't you know? Two years? What's what's two years of your life to 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 uh, uh, to support your country? And respect or, uh, my flag while you're doing it. Absolutely, you do. Um, you know, I, I I had a friend of mine, and um, he got sick right quick, and come to find out, he had a brain tumor. And I said, uh, where did you serve? And he said, well, I was in Alaska. I'm trying to connect Agent Orange to him because that was a cancer uh, cancer that he had. It was in his brain. And uh, at that point, you had to have what they call boots on the ground to be classified as Agent Orange. And I said, what did you do? He was in the Air Force. He said, I loaded chemicals on planes that went to Vietnam. And I said, Mm. all right, we've got this connected. He loaded barrels of Agent Orange on aircraft oh, that went to Vietnam. It took us a little bit to, to get it all convinced that, uh, that his disease, his cancer, was from Agent Orange. Even though he wasn't in Vietnam, he was loading the chemicals here in the States that went there, see. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you have, to, you have to fight for that uh, type of situation. And, uh, we were lucky enough to connect the dots, if you will. I think, and and I, well, I don't want to get into total politics, but I think one of the best things that President Trump did was signing the Blue Water Bill, and that was that was uh, giving sailors and Coast Guard uh, folks the ability to get VA care for Agent Orange. Oh, they weren't in the country. Well, they could (laughs) they could be. off the coast and get sprayed, or they could be anchored and get Absolutely. sprayed, and uh, and so many did. As a matter of fact, yeah, and, they did. Uh, a lot of them did. Yeah. So we uh, we totally supported uh, President Trump, and particularly for signing that bill, and and mm-hmm. certainly caring about our military and. Now, I'm going to stop there, or I'll get some Well, I'll I, I share one other thing with you along those lines. So you hear him talk about the VA Accountability Act. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, Concerned Veterans for America, I ran into them, I don't know, uh, five, six years ago, and so I found out what they were and where they were. I brought them to Tyler Pusa and got connected with them. Uh, they were trying to get a bill passed. Uh, to to make the VA uh, come into line, if you will. Well, and, and that was something we worked on for two and a half years uh, to get all the congressmen and legislatures that would to get on board uh, for the VA Accountability Act, which is, uh, up until that point, no one at the VA could be fired by anything they did, and, and, our, and our veterans were dying by the numbers. And uh, no one was being held accountable. So Pete Headset was president of um, Concerned Veterans for America at that time. You see him on Fox. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's been to my town five times. And uh, so we worked together with them and uh, went to Washington many, many times and got the necessary votes that we needed. And when President Trump was elected, we handed it to him and he signed it into law, uh, along with the uh, Choice Act. And so, you know, you have to get out there and work for what you believe in and uh, get someone uh, higher up to support you, and that's what uh, happened. So, yeah, he signed in a couple of good bills uh, to help the veterans. 
And I think they've. I think there's been over right at two thousand people relieved from the VA since that bill was signed in effect for not doing their job. And well, they should have been. Absolutely, I've seen it. I, I, was, I worked. I worked with veterans, like I said earlier, for about twenty-five years, and I've seen it all uh, come across the table. Well, you know, it's again um, unfortunate that it that it took that to get people to wake up. You know, mm-hmm. and, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I, uh, you know, you just don't know what to do or what to say about it, really. Um, well, I think there's, uh, you know, I mean, uh, from what we hear, and you may elaborate on this more, is the burn pits in the Middle East. That's something else that the veterans are going to have to face. Oh, without without question, and Absolutely. hopefully, it, a lot of people said, "What's well, a burn pit?" Well, that's where they burn the excess chemicals and whatever in, in these burn pits, and the, and, the, and the veterans are in contact with it. No telling what that will do to them later on down the road. Oh yeah, and they're just really uh, beginning to uh, recognize it as a as a real problem. And uh, but hopefully history again going back to our history uh, will uh, keep us in mind of we shouldn't have to go through for the veterans of Desert Shield and Desert Storm what we had to go through for the veterans of Vietnam and Agent Orange the burn the burn pits have been recognized as carcinogenic and. That should be the end of the story. It should be, uh, and we, we, we hope that it is. But, uh, you know, I've, I've seen where you've had to fight and fight and fight, and then some of them lose their life before uh, uh, they convince the uh, authorities, if you will, uh, of the severity of their damage that they receive from these things, say. Well, I know one radio station, although it's uh, it's not the largest in the country by any means. We are the we are one of the largest producing podcast stations, but wow. not not uh, the largest, but uh, are the are the most listened to. But we are going to keep on mentioning the burn pits and the devastation of the burn pits. You know, every chance we get and every show that we do that's uh, veteran-oriented and, um, you know, we... Well, you have, to, you have to put the word out and you have to keep pounding in it uh, because if it's not mentioned, then it's forgotten. Out of sight, uh, out of mind. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And um, uh, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad you guys are and I'm so proud of your radio station. Well, thank you. We uh, we keep trying, and uh, I want to rem- remind everybody that we are starting the veterans' prayer list, and all you have to do is keep going back and forth to our website, and as it's uh, posted, uh, we'll uh, we'll be putting out the names. And like I said, right now I'm looking at. My best friend, J. Roy Ritchie, and some of you that are listening may know may know J. Roy. He uh, did a couple of tours in Nam, um, and uh, um, 
you know, was uh, light arms infantry. He, we had that in common, and um, <laughs> which is yeah. for people that don't know, it ain't the fun game in town. But um, anyway, uh, he's he's going through his life battles right now, and uh, it's, uh, hanging it's on. A shame, it's a shame, and and you know, there's so many. Um, that um, received the, the wounds that they received uh, and they died later on uh, from those wounds uh, and as well as, as, as this Agent Orange um, uh, deal it's, it's a shame that so many of them are still dying from that war oh yeah and <laughs> And will be for a long time to come. They will. They will. They will. I've, uh, uh, two of my friends uh, died from the wounds that they received there. Uh, even uh, 40 years after the fact, they died from those wounds. And um, many of them out there that way. Oh, yeah. So. Definitely. Uh, I. We just... <laughs> I keep saying this, but we just have to keep, like you said, reminding people over and over and over again. And it's not mm-hmm. just—it's not just uh, about someone that's sick or dying, or, or you know. And uh, I think you know uh, Tommy Clack probably. Uh, I do. You know he—he's uh, incredible, and uh, you know. He lost all four limbs, and yet he has he has an f- incredible attitude, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, people. We have to keep reminding them, why did why would somebody volunteer to do that? And this is this is something that you know Tommy's in one situation and there are a lot of folks in totally different situations but uh you know this is why we have a wonderful volunteer military but those folks that did volunteer have to talk to kids that are getting ready to make decisions and you know so many folks particularly during my experience was during Vietnam was that you join the military, well, that meant you're going to Vietnam and you're going to be shot at. And that's all the military does is shoot at each other. And uh, that's so far from the truth today. Um, yeah. You can yeah. go in and get an incredible education. You can get, you can go into the military, and I don't care which branch it is, but come out with a resume that your peers can't touch. They can't. They can't get one like that. They cannot. And um, you know, it's uh, yeah, as I said, I, I, I'd like to see everybody have to go to the military. Do two things: get your mind uh, straightened out, and get a lot of the the, the, the people off the street. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, I'm just you know, but you know, I'm, and I'm not the only one. There's the, I got a son. That's uh, totally disabled uh, from injuries he received in the military, and uh, he, along with hundreds of thousands of others, had their whole life ahead of them. Even those that lost their lives in uh, in Vietnam, in Korea, and all the rest of the wars, uh, they never get to see the things that we see. They never get to do the things that we do. 
because they gave their life up at a young age, 18, 19 years old. And uh, as my son, along with um, millions of others, uh, every day it's a struggle to stay alive. Uh, they are handicapped, if you will, in some ways that uh, depend on other people uh, to see that they're, they get through their day. And uh, you wonder, you know, why you did that. Well, as you said earlier, you did it because you love this country. You did it because you wanted to see us remain free. I had a lady ask me one time in a program that we do. We do a Fourth of July program every year. After the program, she came up and she said, when are you guys going to stop this? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, when are you going to quit doing this for veterans? And I said, ma'am, the day we die is when we will stop. So that reminded me that a lot of people out there don't have a clue of what we do, nor do they have a clue of why we do it. See, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll do it uh, as long as we are alive to remind people uh, what our forefathers did and what uh, we expect those of today to do today and in the future if you want to remain a free nation. So, Amen. you know, you've got so many people out there that, that they, don't, they don't have a clue, not a clue of what's going on. No. They're just, they're just here. Yep. You know, they're filling an airspace. But I wanted to bring up one other thing that um, Rick White mentioned to me with their scholarship. And I so much encourage anyone that's listening today, tomorrow, or whenever the show's posted, whenever they listen. But, you know, as I mentioned, you, you can't get a better resume than being than serving in the military when you go to get a job. But, you know, let me throw out one other thing, and, and it wasn't me, it was Rick that brought this up. You know, a business, big business, I don't care what it is, it can be, it can be the corner horseshoe repair mm-hmm. or it can be the or the it can be the biggest corporation in the country it doesn't matter they want leaders they don't want followers they want leaders and the military doesn't matter what branch the military teaches leadership and it doesn't really as as sammy as we can both attest it doesn't matter what rank you attain really Everybody says a leader can only be an officer. Well, that's not yeah. true. Uh, the the leader that says, follow me, may be your platoon sergeant or your first sergeant or your drill sergeant or whatever. But when a company, when a HR is looking at your resume and it, use, and it says serve two years or four years or whatever the case might be, they know that you were a leader, whether you were a squad leader, platoon leader, Whatever, and our company commander, whatever, they want leaders, and that's what the military builds and teaches is leadership. Leadership and discipline. Yes, sir. And and that's what your companies uh, are looking for. Um, you know, and and like I say, it's, uh, uh, it's 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 all free if you go into the military. You can you can. Uh, Go to all types of schools, even while you know while you're in there on your off time, and uh, it just adds to your package. And they'll pay for it. 
Oh, absolutely, they'll pay for it. You know, that's... And, uh, and even, listen, even when you get out. <clears throat> yes, uh, sir. But they'll pay for it because when I got out in 68, there wasn't any jobs around here. I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. Uh, the mafia called and wanted to hire some of us, and uh, they didn't have to train us. We was already trained. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you know, so <laughs> I didn't want to go that route. So they were they had just uh, in the process of building a trade school here. And uh, so the first year I went to that trade school. Electrical construction and maintenance is what I took. I become an electrician and uh, worked for years and years in that trade. Uh, and it was paid for on the GI Bill. So, uh, yes. so I mean, there's a lot of benefits after you get out uh, that you can uh, cash in on uh, simply because you were in the military. So it's up to you as to what you want to be and what you want to do and uh, because it's here. You know, the other thing, and and you brought this to mind as well, is that once you've served, it's not necessarily the person next to you or in front of you or behind you, but once you've served, you know it, and that's the most important in the person in the world to know it, is you. And That is correct. Uh, there's that feeling, there's that thing in your head whatever it is that little voice and all the rest of it but it's you and uh, so with that being said I would not I would not I would not uh, uh, I mean I I live it every day there's not a day goes by that I don't think about my military service uh, for some reason and I don't know why it is but it's every day I'm going to be driving down the road, and something will trigger it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of every minute I've spent in the military. Well, we're, and, uh, we're very proud and thankful for folks like you, Sammy. And uh, we do thank you for your service. And we do encourage anybody that sees anybody in uniform, be it service or be it first responder, buy them that cup of coffee or buy them that meal. But with that being absolutely. said, Sammy... We've you've you've run us out of time. You just talk oh, too no. much. <laughs> no. I, 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 do do you have overtime? I mean, do you <laughs> no. They've already thrown the yellow flag. Uh, oh Lord of mercy! But listen, uh, really, the people don't forget this. Um, uh, I know you're running out of time here, but don't forget this scholarship program. Uh, this is very very important. Yes, sir. Um, um, you know, it's very important. I'm going to try to get this into our school system now that I know about it, and. Uh, so, um, now listen, I thank you for having me on, and, and um, uh, Mr. White, Rick White, thank him so much for everything that he's doing, his organization is doing yes, sir. Uh, for well, our veterans. I, I'm sorry, Sammy, but we got to go. We're totally out right. of time. Thank you. Talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. God bless you. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.